over here. And then finally, with the camera, a go-go. It's the weekend, I guess, if you don't work on Saturdays, but oh, oh yeah, I do. Anyway, what time is it? 1.08 in the morning. Why not? Not drinking this week has helped immensely in getting through some of the stuff. Workouts in, new toys arrived. Not the funny, sexy kind, but I mean, they're a different type of sexy. And episode number 42 is done, ready, posted, and I've got a clip for you after today's episode. Folks, it is Friday, November 3rd, 2023. I'm Stephen Sersky. Thanks for joining me this uh, late hour, this early hour, this hour, wherever you are. I guess it's, uh, uh, what do they call it? It's daylight savings time, right? China doesn't do this, so you got to uh, fall back and spring forward, right? So you fall back this weekend on uh, Sunday, uh, which basically means that Beijing becomes 14 hours ahead of New York and Toronto and third, no, sorry, 13 hours ahead of New York and Toronto and 14 hours ahead of my uh, of Central Time, which is uh, my hometown. So, I mean, what does it mean? People will complain about this thing. I go, yeah, it is a little bit of a, uh, a trouble because the stock market opened at 9.30 p.m. today and on Monday it's going to open at 10.30 p.m. It gets tough to stay up and sort of check things at that point because at 10.30 you're getting a little bit tired. I'm getting a little bit tired. Uh, it used to be that I'd kind of drinking at that time too but that doesn't happen so much anymore not so much anymore but uh so that's uh that's happening in the west that's the big kerfuffle and here in china things are just kind of going on We're, we had good weather today good nice blue skies and everything uh so it was uh it was nice to go out for the the lunchtime run actually and i was thinking uh even this week i was out there running only because it's nice to get out of the apartment, to tell you the truth. It really is, especially uh, working from home uh, and uh, not so much seeing people, but definitely being able to get out and just not be in this little cube that I, I basically call home for the moment, for the time being. Got uh, my uh, runs in. Mm. Pardon me. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, I did a, was able to get both of my workouts in. Worked the 12 hours, got the podcast finished and uploaded and everything. So it's been a productive, productive day. And I've been going since about well, 6.30 or so. And I even got my Chinese flashcards done too. All of them, not just some of them, but all of them. Uh, but I did get the, the workouts at lunchtime. I managed to go. I was sort of on the fence about whether or not I wanted to do uh, like a, just like the typical Murph workout, the typical CrossFit Murph workout that I normally do. Or if I would do, what would you call it, like a modification of it. Or if I just go run with the weighted vest and then throw in some pull-ups uh, after a while. Ended up sell settling on, I'm going to primarily focus on running. So I did run a bunch. I ran about six, six kilometers, I think, roughly. I think five or six laps uh, thereabouts. And then in between all of those, I did... Uh, well, outside I did 54 pull-ups, 100 and some odd push-ups, and 160 odd squats. Then I came back inside. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I finished 54 pull-ups outside. I'm like, when I came back inside, I'm sitting there going, "I got to do these last six pull-ups because I, I I don't want to end on a odd number like that. I know four is an even number, but 54 is just, eh, no, I got to go 60. I want to even this off sort of thing, make it a nice round number sort of thing. And so I did, came back inside, did another six 
pull-ups, 12 push-ups, and 18 squats for a total of 60 pull-ups total. Uh, this is all with the weight vest that I typically wear on Fridays. Um, was sort of thinking about how I could change this up going forward. Uh, just some other things. Maybe I could try it on Fridays. But Fridays are, are sort of these kind of heavy workouts. If I maybe took some time off from it as well and just did something different, I don't know what I'd fill it up with, though. Like, what what else would I do uh, during that time? Uh, I don't know. Uh, and one reason I'm sort of thinking of this is because for the next couple of months, work is going to be busy again. And I don't like shortchanging myself with these workouts. Like I, uh, I actually credit a lot of my emotional stability. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if I can even claim that. I, I claim a lot of my stress freeness or my like I'm not as anxious as I typically was I can be uh, let's say so and that's I think part and parcel because I'm able to run I go work out and spend the time doing these things that uh, might mean that I don't make as much money but at the same time mean that the money I do make I'm able to actually understand why it's that much, not more, uh, possibly not, not, not less, and also be able to function using that money. So, because I mean, what, what's what's the point of having a lot of money if you're not really healthy to, uh, to to deal with it? And I do see a lot of people working quite a bit. And I wonder, like, and of course, everyone sort of has their own inner motivation for doing things. Likewise, like with this podcast. Now, the big podcast that I just published just right recently sort of thing. Uh, you know, what sort of inner motivation keeps me going on that? <laughs> uh, the fear of returning just to drinking? Well, it's not really a fear, but um, the inner motivation. People are able to sort of motivate themselves uh, inside in a lot of different ways. For me, I have found, again, staying away from alcohol, getting enough sleep for me but then making sure that I'm doing stuff that I'm interested in. And I think all of that sort of uh, contributes a lot to my ability of uh, uh, being able to work these long days because they, they are, and it's very monotonous. But uh, sadly, someone has to do it. And this is a good thing because the way that the, the big tech companies want to go about it, they want to take all, take over our jobs with AI and robotics and everything like that. And, what would I do then? Rely on podcasting? Well, let's put it this way. If I do go to rely on podcasting, I cannot rely just on either sponsorships or advertisements because those are all external, right? So this is one thing that I've sort of been thinking about. Uh, and one of the reasons I don't, I don't have sponsorships on my big podcast is because as soon as you have an outside sponsor or an out outside advertiser, then you're sort of beholden to their sort of whim of, uh, you know, what 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 constitutes an okay thing to say. Oh, Steve, you can't say that. Well, I pay for it. I do. It's my time. I mean, yes, okay. There are people who might not like what I say and they can try to cancel me. But if my company, if my media, if my productions uh, are all self-funded, you know, I would think that there's a little bit of a, line of defense there right now it's not bulletproof and of course it's a lot of work uh it's a lot of commitment and stuff like that but it's it it makes me okay with what i'm doing and the extent that i'm able to reach at the moment all right so 
After work cowbells, got those in as well, but that was interspersed, <laughs> interspersed with some more work because work did go until um, about 8 o'clock next week. I'm not sure if they continue with the same thing. Uh, hopefully, maybe, we don't know. I mean, I don't mind working the long hours. Uh, I knew that today was going to be a big day because uh, it's a workout day, extended work hours, and then I have to finish this podcast. And now I've finished all that. It was all good. Uh, my, my new toys arrived. Okay, so I think yesterday I told you guys that I bought this uh, uh, sequencer uh, and uh, this groove box or this drum machine, and they're lying there in the packages. And this is one thing I've worried about before because I have a MIDI board that I haven't used for a year. Um, but that that's a different reason. That one, the MIDI board requires the computer, the two elements, that uh, the two things that I bought. Uh, one of them, I think, oh, shoot, maybe they both need a computer. I don't know if they're standalone. They're supposed to be standalone. Let's put it that way. Um, and if they don't, if they're not standalone, they can plug into my uh, my iPad, which is fantastic because the fanta- uh, the the iPad is separate from the main rig that I have that's connected to all these uh, monitors and everything like that. So that that's one of my big issues with sort of having um, like this this MIDI board, this big MIDI board that I I got last year is because. There's not, there's, I only have so much room in the apartment for all these little things. As it is, with these two little devices, I'm looking at some other stuff. What what can I get rid of uh, this weekend, basically? I probably need to get an extra table uh, to uh, set them up on so I'm not always fighting for space in my apartment. So, But they are here uh, tomorrow. I think I'm going to do a little bit of an unboxing and a little bit of a demo Let's see if they are actually plug and play. I hope they are. Uh, and because uh, if they are, then that means I can basically get right to work. Uh, and I really want these set up for uh, December drumming, which is going to start at the uh, beginning of December and then January as well, uh, which is going to last through all the, all the month of January 2024. Can you believe it's going to be 2024 already? 2024 next year. All right. Well, all that being said and done, Steve, what else did you, were you doing today? And I was working on episode number 42, finally done and dusted. Posted, uploaded, clips. Not all the clips are done. Uh, I was thinking about this, uh, about my sort of approach to publishing clips. And something, there's been a bit, a bit of a change since I started this podcast three years ago. Uh, is that I do have better technology, better post-production technology than I did before. And so I was thinking, with some of these podcasts, I might go through them, pop them into uh, Final Cut Pro to maybe do some color correction, not much. But then also the audio plugins that I have uh, are all the ones from Isotope and Logic Pro. So I can just drop the audio plugins into Final Cut Pro, fix the audio, and post them right away. So I think going forward, not just are you going to see clips from episode number 42, you're going to start seeing some clips from old episodes that I recorded many years ago already uh, with uh, a much shorter beard. Uh, But uh, it should be, and this is all part and parcel of getting things up onto YouTube as well. And possibly, I mean, I think, I think it's, I think I have to go into TikTok as well for my podcast, don't I? It's just one of these things. It's, It's your marketing. It's those are the marketing channels uh, that if you don't use them, then you're kind of leaving money on the table and you're making it hard for people to find you. And this is actually the reason why I went on Spotify last year 
is to make it easier for people to access access the uh, the podcast uh, and make it easier for people to find it as well, rather than just relying on my website, which no one can really remember how to spell my name anyway, even though I think it's rather easy. All that being said, episode number 42 is done and dusted. I did have to redo it after last night's bounce. I checked that file and lo and behold, there's a bunch of problems with it. Open up the logic project and go, what the hell happened here? So I had to redo the first 1200 bars of the, uh, uh, of the podcast, but it's done. So this episode, who is it? Finally, Brad M. Seipel, aka Throughouten, joins me on this uh, uh, this episode, episode number 42. Uh, he is USA American, uh, electronic producer, and multi-instrumentalist. Actually, if you've heard of this guy, uh, he has been around in Beijing. He's been in China for just over 15, 14, 15 years or so, but he's one of these guys who plays uh, the electronic pipa, so the electric pipa. He's pretty well known around uh, Beijing, so uh, so much as I can tell, so far as I can tell, but he also runs his own studio here in Beijing as well. Uh, so he has recording. Like he, uh, he was uh, actually the day that we recorded this, which was at the end of September. Uh, he had just come from the studio because he was helping someone out while he was recording another artist as well. Uh, so he did take some time off to... Uh, uh, come on down to my studio and look at my very humble <laughs> beginnings of podcasting equipment. But he was—he did bring his uh, Zoom H5, which is uh, which is like the next iteration of the one that I have, which helped immensely. But as I've been complaining about for the last week and a half, because I didn't set it up properly, this has made me, you know, have to fight. I had good audio, but I had a messy project, and that was all my fault. Uh, but he was able to bring it so we had good audio on both sides, uh, which is something that I mean we talked about after uh, we stopped recording. Because after we did it, it was a two and a half hour uh, talk. And then after that, he he stayed to explain some of the tools that I have that I have no idea how to use, or at least I haven't sat down to, uh, to look at, notably isotope and some of these, the EQ parameters and stuff like that. So this episode is very um, audio tech heavy, but if you're looking to get into podcasting, if you're looking to get into recording, you're going to find a lot of information there that uh, uh, will help you sort of just start understanding what, uh, you know, what, what what's going on sort of thing and how you can sort of learn uh, to, to pick these things out. Uh, in this episode, we also talk about um, his life in Beijing, his how he got his start in China as well. He arrived in Ningbo at uh, just after like around 2008 or so. Uh, and so he missed that whole lead up to the uh, the Olympics, but he saw what happened after uh, from around the country as well. Uh, he is fluent in Mandarin Chinese. And I thought this was kind of neat because uh, one of the things that he did was basically when he arrived in Ningbo, he just started talking to people and taking notes and writing it down the best he could. So like his notebook would be full of uh, scribbles of what he thought he heard or what he heard being said rather than, you know, the modern pinyin, the tonally correct pinyin uh, transcription of things. So he, he learned it that way uh, and has, I think, you know, I asked him in the interview. So if someone called you, phone, gave you a phone call, had a phone call with you in Chinese, would you be able to do it? He's like, yeah, for sure. 
especially if it's about you know uh, music production and everything. But if it's you know some other uh, major topic, uh, he might not be able to function as well just because the vocabulary is kind of specific. I mean, it's almost like you know even in English, you can talk like a doctor sometimes, you can talk like a lawyer, but you couldn't get into the nitty gritty details of what those two professions do. And so this is one of my takeaways from uh, talking to Brad was that when you get up to the higher levels of any language study, Chinese in this in this case, in this instance, uh, it's, there's, there comes a point where your broad generic knowledge taps out and then from there, you have to start branching out into something else. And that's why like, you'd sort of see, um, you might notice a difference between people who go to high school or university, like bachelor's, master's, PhD sort of thing, because they are exposed to a wider range of specific terminology, which then trickles down into the words that they, they, uh, they use in their everyday discourse, everyday speech, everyday words, everyday conversations. Using discourse for there, Stephen. You're talking like one of those Delta people. So, point is, interesting to hear how uh, Brad was able to uh, uh, learn Chinese just by talking to people in the city. And finally, he is a touring uh, musician as well and is running his business here in Beijing. Open for business as well. So, if you have any recording needs, podcasting, uh, he can help you out as well. All right, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you very much. I mean, it's yeah, it's almost 1.30 in the morning. Great, awesome, but I had to record this now because if I didn't, then it was going to get pushed off and I didn't didn't want that to happen. I do have a sound clip from episode number 42 with uh, Brad Seipel and uh, you can, so stay tuned after this episode, the sound clip will play immediately after. So show notes, tracks up my website, stevensersky.com and the big podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple and Google uh, and also my, my website as well, soon to be, hopefully, YouTube at some time, sometime very soon. Thanks again, folks. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Eat your broccoli. And uh, we'll do this again. Bye-bye. Episode number 42, all right, uh, with Brad Throughout. That's correct. Uh, is that yeah. is your last name or... Uh... My last name is Seipel. Seipel, okay. Yeah. And the artist's name is Throughout In. So I was uh, practicing this name because I was like, Throughoutin, Throughoutin, Throughoutin. I'm like, where is this from? And this is a MIDI reference. Right, you're correct. What, what you told me. So <laughs> what, what, what is this? Uh, what's the reference? Uh, so when I got my first synthesizer, I was playing around with it and I like flipped over the backside and saw the... Uh, inputs and outputs and all the things you can connect it to and there was this these these uh, three circles uh, for MIDI that said through out and in and then I started learning about well what MIDI was and all, all this uh, stuff for making music and I down the line I had to pick an artist name when I was making these beats in my dorm room and I didn't have any name so I just looked at the synthesizer and wrote that as like a temporary name yep and then it <laughs> then it stuck <laughs> it's been there for 20 years since right. then. Right. Uh, so you do you do a lot of MIDI stuff uh, still, or have you graduated to no, actual instruments? I, I use MIDI in a, in a lot of ways with synthesizers. I connect all the 
hardware through MIDI to keep it all synced together. Yeah. Um, and then in software, I use a lot of MIDI instruments when I'm writing. So virtual instruments, VSTs, and these kind of plugins, they all are based off MIDI as well. So in music production, I'm still using MIDI after all this time. Do you play, you play the electronic pipa? This, mm -hmm. is your, this is your big claim to fame. Uh, I'm not sure if the rest of China knows this, but uh, you're, you're a pretty big deal in, in this regard. Because you're, you're one of very few people who does this, if like may, maybe one of a handful. Uh, I mean, your words, not mine. <laughs> uh, there are, uh, so the pipa is the Chinese lute, and um, the version that I'm playing is, is an electrified version of that. And I play it in a more experimental way, uh, closer to how bass guitar or electric guitar would be played but with some characteristics, some Chinese characteristics. What do you mean, Chinese characteristics? The <laughs> instrument is, is, uh, is, is a, for, to put it simply, is a, mm. I would say, an iconic Chinese instrument. Mm -hmm. So even though that you're playing maybe a Western style on it, there's some parts of the instrument that are just going to sound like what you might associate as a Chinese sound oh, okay. with it. So yeah, those are the... the uh, flavors that it has in a way. Have you taken any lessons? Not officially. I, I haven't had like a long-term pipa teacher. I've had friends that play the traditional pipa and they've given me some pointers and stuff. Yeah. And it's something I would like to do, but it's just time-based and 